Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. On this episode of The Bonus Round, we are celebrating the Metroid franchise with a discussion of our top five favorite boss battles from the series, followed by a mini-review on the controversial title, Metroid Other M. So don't go anywhere. The show starts right now. Welcome to Collateral Gaming Bonus Round. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Zachary Gio. And we are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas and Georgia. And Georgia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. And I've got my cart today! <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude. Especially this month, right? I mean, it's... Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. It's officially it's officially April, so uh, Dude, we're April is April's one of the best months, bro. It's 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 just it's transitioning from winter to spring and like spring to summer. It's like not super hot, but it's not freezing anymore. It just feels nice outside, and I, I love this time of year. It's great, and this is also the the time of year where we start getting hints for like E three and all of this stuff coming up in the summer. It's just a very exciting time. Uh, clearly you haven't been in Texas in April. <laughs> it just gets hot here, okay? It's just hot. That's, That's it. You're there. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, we're going to go ahead and get right into this, because this is a bonus round episode. Um, yeah. So, starting off, of course, we are going to be talking about our top five Metroid boss battles. Uh, after all, we're doing our very first numbered episode on Metroid, uh, which is Metroid Fusion. Stay tuned for part two, which I want to kind of release the same time I release this because we're we're overdue on that anyway. So yep. Um, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start off with you, Zach. What's your number five Metroid boss battle? Well, uh, before I say that, I want to apologize to everybody. The reason we don't have part two out right now is because my laptop that I usually record the episodes with Ash on has kind of crapped out. You know, I just recently got a new PC and I've been setting everything up, but I haven't been able to get that file and recover it yet. But I promise you guys, I'm doing everything I can to get this computer to boot up one last time so that we can get it out. But that's enough sadness. Okay, so my first boss fight, well, my number five boss fight is actually probably going to survi uh, survive, surprise Ash, um, but okay. it is actually, <laughs> it is actually the Plant Core X from Metroid Fusion. This uh, X is in Sector 2, um, and this giant creature has 
It, it looks almost like a Chozo statue covered in vines if you look closely enough. But this, yeah. this takes place in like the depths of the tropic sector in the BSL research station in Fusion. And defeating this creature gives you the plasma beam. I really love this fight so much because honestly, it's for me, it's one of the hardest fights in Fusion because not only do you have to continuously pelt this creature with missiles or super missiles too, so you can run out of ammo relatively quickly if you haven't found a lot of, um, you know, pickups. But you have to constantly be dodging the plant spores, the plant traps, and the plasma projectiles that the Corex is firing at you. Because you get the plasma beam when you beat this thing, so it's going to fight you with that ability. Like, that's a recurring thing that happens in Metroid Fusion when you are facing a creature that's going to give you an ability back. You have to learn how to fight against that ability first. Ability first. This is and true. It's, it's really cool. But this fight is difficult because you literally have to constantly be moving. And there is not a lot of room for Samus to move in this game. So, or in this fight, sorry. So, it's, I really enjoy it. I love the color schemes. The setting is just awesome. The music is soft and creepy. And Yeah, kind of that do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really cool. I love that whole vibe. And the first time I played through fusion it took me probably 10 to 15 times to get through this thing because that's one it takes a lot of damage you have to really lay into this thing and all of the projectiles just if you're not careful you'll die very quickly but as long as you just stay on the platform away from the traps in the floor um and you can dodge everything that's trying to grab you and inflict damage if you fall in you'll take damage it's just it's a tough fight and that's why i really enjoy it so yeah, if you if you got a hot take on this boss, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't call it one of my favorites. It, honestly, it's one of the more frustrating parts in the game. But it, there is a sense of satisfaction uh, once it starts shooting the plasma beams at you, and you're just kind of ducking and jumping and ducking and jumping and, and trying to hit at it. it. It's a very quick fight, I will say. Um, it and it you've constantly dodging its little spores everywhere is uh, definitely adds a lot of tension to the fight. Uh, it, it, it comes out of nowhere, too. This is right after you've defeated Yakuza and after an encounter with the SAX. So, I mean, you're you're it's a very action-oriented segment of the game. And mm -hmm. I remember I found it useful to just, like, lay a power bomb once in a while and shoot and <laughs> kill all those spores before they get to me. So yep. I just, like, lay a power bomb, you know, shoot a bunch, lay a power bomb, you know, and just time it to where just a, right around when the spores would start to hit me, they it would clear the whole screen. So that, that's it, actually that's not a. I'm sorry for cutting you off. That's uh, that's actually a really good tactic. I never even thought about that. And I've yeah. played Fusion so many times. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna do that again. I can imagine just everybody listening to me like, how stupid is this guy? For <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not doing that. You know, but it's okay. I can take it. Fusion I'm a good Metroid player, so. Fusion in, in segments like this and like segments like the the Box fight would really benefit from the free aim system that's in Samus Returns. Yeah, you're actually right. I will say though, um, it was a toss up for my number five. It was a toss up between this and the security robot <laughs> because yeah. the security robot fight it's it's you know it's a cool fight. You know you have to hang on to the ledge or you have to hang on to like the. I, I don't even know what those are called, but you Samus hangs on to them and walks across to avoid the electrified water. Monkey bars? Um, <laughs> I guess they're called monkey bars, but th it's such a good fight because you don't face it just once. You face it twice. Well, either that or you face two different ones. I'm not exactly sure how that is. But the one in Sector 6, I think, 
you fight the one in you fight the second one in Sector Six. I am so sorry, guys. And that one, just the music in both of those fights is really cool. So that's my little honorable mention because that was almost my number five. But what about you, Ash? What's your number five? First, well, actually, I want to ask you, okay? Because okay. now, 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 now you got me thinking, right? Did you <laughs> did you ever did you ever hang on the monkey bars when you were in elementary school and and pretend that you're Samus? No, because uh, at the time where I started playing Fusion, um, I was embarrassed actually that I played video games as much as I did. So I kind of kept that a secret until middle school when I made a couple of friends and we just a, a couple of friends that. Uh, played video games too i'm not a loner i promise but, <laughs> and then i started hanging out with them and we started talking about it but uh no i never really did anything like that as far as elementary school is concerned i just tried to get through it the best i could <laughs> i hear you i hear you uh well oh. my number five is also from fusion and that's going to be the sax battle Ooh, um, and elaborate. I'm, and I'm referring to the actual boss battle now obviously the encounters throughout the game are noteworthy um, but they're not really boss battles per se, but I, I will talk about them because every, and we do talk about them in our fusion episode, but every time you face the, the SAX throughout the game, uh, there are these little segments where you're completely outclassed, right? You oh, yeah. have no choice but to run away. At first, you want to avoid detection altogether with the SAX if possible. Uh, there's one segment right before we you face the plant car X, like where, where you're talking about in Sector 2, where you're forced to encounter the SAX and you have to run away. But the final time that you confront the, the, the SAX is uh, at the very end of the game, after you've reached back to the main sector and before the final boss fight versus the Omega Metroid, um, there is a quick confrontation. And it is at this point where you've acquired all power-ups in this game. So if you're not ready, you're never going to be. This is this is it. You're locked in the room, and for the entire game, you've been avoiding this creature. And now you have to fight it, and it's a hard boss battle. It can be over very, very quickly. You can get killed in about a minute. And so it takes a few. It takes some trial and error. It takes a few tries of you know running all the way, go back up the elevator, <laughs> facing it, to finally get the hang of it. I mean, basically, it's just charge shots and jumping over. And uh, I remember we were talking about how like if you try to screw attack into it, it just screw attacks back at to, back at you. And the SAX is Samus at full power, and she still has the ice beam, uh, which can which can completely obliterate yeah. you very very quickly but once you get the hang of that mm -hmm. boss battle um it, it it gets to be very fun very enjoyable i mean i've played through it a few times now in my playthroughs of the game and and it's one of the parts of the game that i really look forward to not only that it's... but go ahead <laughs> no go ahead it's okay i just have a little side note go ahead uh well i was gonna say not only that but after you face the sax in its regular form then you have the grotesque monstrous form which again just takes a couple more charge shots that's actually the easiest part of the fight it's like about five charge shots before you before you oh, kill yeah. it and then the corax and here's the part that makes it hard because you need to have conserved your energy during the past two phases of the boss battle and that's why that this boss battle is so hard is not only is it just hard to get through but you can't just get barely get through the first two fights you need to get through those and still have a lot of energy left to to take to tank that corex fight because it's difficult to dodge those beams while shooting missiles at its eyes and it's not one of the easy corex where you just shoot shoot it with missiles it's one of those that has the fucking eye beam oh yeah and i mean this this fight like you said this fight is 
intense. The only reason I didn't choose it is because I feel like, you know, I've done it so much that obviously everyone, to me, okay, let me try to gather my thoughts in like a little cauldron. (laughs) Let me try to, you know, get over it real quick. Ah, Bad fun, sorry. But um, I didn't choose the SAX fight because to me it's not long enough. I, I feel like that this, I, I feel like this fight would have been so much better if you could have just taken it across the entire research station. That's actually something I wanted to talk to you about when we do our little, our, our little cover of Metroid Fusion, when we do our little remake. If we uh-huh. can make this battle take place over the course of the entire station. Like, once the fight starts, you, there are parts where you have to, like, run from her and do specific things before you can inflict damage. I want to make it really hard. Oh, I, that would be badass. I mean, it's all, it is really, it's a really hard fight. If you have all of the stuff, if you have all of the energy tanks, I don't remember specifically how many there are. I think there's, like, maybe 20. I don't know. Something like but that. when you have 20 energy tanks and you face this thing, she can kill you in five charge shots. Five. That's ridiculous. And so that if you don't have max energy, you're even more screwed if you take a hit. So it's a it's a good thing that you mentioned like conserving or conservation because that does make this fight very difficult and it's really fun to be able to finally stand toe to toe with this thing that's been kind of hunting you the whole game and finally beating it. And once you beat it, of course, you start the propulsion sequence. You have 3 minutes to get down there and then you face the Omega Metroid and she actually saves your or it actually saves your life because overall the main focus of the X is to rid uh rid itself of Metroids because Metroids are the main predator to the X. So once yes. once the SAX realizes that Samus isn't nearly as much of a threat as the Omega Metroid, it kind of saves your life, gets killed by the Omega Metroid and then you're finally able to go back to being at full power. And I think that that is just absolutely phenomenally done. And it's just, it's great. But there is a lot of stuff that you and I could tweak for that SAX battle. Or, yeah, SAX, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a very tense battle. Kind of reminds me of the Dark Samus battle at the end of Prime 2. Um, okay. Which, which is actually on a timer. So it's, again, a very fast-paced battle against a, 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 a doppelganger. So, uh, but what's, what's going to be your number four? Okay. So I know I told you that I wasn't going to pick a boss from this game, but after thinking about it and really, really, uh, you know, just sitting on how I feel about this, it's one of my favorite fights in the entire series, even though the game isn't that great. So my number four is the Metroid queen from other M. Okay. This fight is awesome. It has several faces. It, it has several phases, but before you can even really focus on the queen, she has a bunch of Metroids that are chasing you around the room. Now, this is the first time in the game, um, except for the baby in Sector Zero. This is the first time in the game that you actually have to fight. And um, Well, you don't have to fight the baby. Uh, no. Adam kind of saves you, but this is the first time in the game where you actually have to fight and take out some Metroids. And at this point, you know, you're basically at full power, but... The way that the cutscene start, the way that the fight starts, you see Ridley's dead body in the corner, and you hear this giant, uh, this giant gate opening up because it. Melissa Bergman is terrified of you, so she locks herself in the room and un, and like 
lets the Metroid Queen out, essentially, because she thinks that Samus is a threat, and so you have to fight this thing. But in the first phase of the fight, the Metroids are going to attempt to grab you and drain your life, you know, because that's what they do. If they latch on, you know, you just enter more fall and lay a bomb. And you can also, because of Metroid Other M's ability to sense move, Samus can sense move in this game, you can constantly sense move to avoid the attacks. But because of the frequency at which you have to sense move, you're barely left with an opportunity to, uh, you know, fight back. You just constantly... You just constantly have to dodge. And in this fight, you know, normally with Metroids, you could just freeze them and blow them up with a missile. But these Metroids are tough. In this fight, killing Metroids is a three-step process. You have, to, you have to get them to fight you. You have to get them, get their attention. And then once you do, you have to sense move at the last second. And that will leave them vulnerable to a charged beam shot. So you have to sense move, charge your beam, and freeze the metro. And then you get a chance it, to charge beam up real fast because the sense move allows you to, to charge faster. Mm -hmm. And if you've gotten the all of the XL charges, it'll happen even quicker. And then once they freeze, hit them with a super missile. Not Regular missiles won't do it in this fight. You have to use a super missile, and it's ridiculous. I would use the, the, the seeker missile with the super missile functionality. And, and the diffusion beam comes in handy here because you can charge shoot the group of them and then yep. they'll all get frozen with the ice beam. And then you can and then you can charge up a super missile and you'll kill one of them while also hit, sending seeker missiles out to the others. But they're they're kind of merciful because with this being like kind of a pre-final boss, final boss, you only have to deal with like six or seven of them. And once they're all done, you can focus on the queen. But the queen, the queen is big, and this is a relatively small room, so it's it's really difficult. So you have to dodge the queen's physical attacks with your sense move. You can't really dodge the beam attack, so you have to space jump over it to avoid it, which is hard because, like I said, it's a very small room. Basically, you have to con consistently unleash charge shots while waiting for a good opportunity to hit the crystals on the queen's neck, and... You do that with Seeker Missiles. Like you just said, you use the Seeker Missiles to pop off those crystals. Right. And after you weaken the crystals, it'll take a few more Seeker bar Barrages to destroy them all. And once you do that, she'll shift her tactics. And of course, um, once this happens, it'll go to a little cutscene in first person. And this is where the game pays homage to Return of Samus. Because this, once she flips over, she will open her mouth and you can grapple beam into the mouth. Pull, pull yourself inside. If you don't drop a power bomb quickly, and this is the first time in the game you actually get to see the devastation. And that it doesn't tell you, by the way. You'd think there would be like an on-screen cue, like hold down one for a power bomb. It doesn't do it. It just you just have to kind of figure it out. <laughs> yeah, which I died like two or three times at that part because I had no idea what to do because I'd never played Samus Returns or Return of Samus at this point, point. and so I got killed several times. But once you at, once you jump in there. <sighs> Lay the power bomb and she's done. This will unleash a very, very, very long cutscene that should not exist. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I kind of wish that the Metroid Queen had been the final boss, but at the same time, the 3D fight with Fantoon is really cool when you're going back to get Adam's helmet because he gave his life to save you. And, uh, you know. The Fantoon boss fight is hard, too. You have it, to constantly dodge shit. Oh, yeah. Since move constantly. Constantly. But yeah, that's my number four. I. I had to think about it a good bit, but that the cinematography, like Samus's backflip the first time that the queen like attacks her is awesome because this is really the first time in the game where you see Samus 
as Samus, the way she's supposed to be. Because this game does a good job of making you think that Samus sucks. And she's just scared of everything. Especially her encounter with Ridley. That... God, I just want to throw up thinking about it. But this is the first time you see Samus in her full glory. She's like, okay. Let's go. So, that that's my number four. Uh, what do you have to say about this, this bad queen? I was going to say bad boy, but it's not a boy at all. I, queen. I think it's one of the most cinematic fights in the series. I do really love the whole grapple beam sequence and then using the power bomb, um, which is interesting because in Return of Samus, uh, there are no power bombs. You just had to lay a, a shit ton of morph ball bombs. Yep. Um, but uh, Samus Returns kind of, uh, uh, you know, reintroduced the the power bombs. It's very interesting that you brought up the Metroid Queen as your number four because the Metroid Queen is also my number four, but instead, specifically, the version of the fight from Samus Returns and from Return of Samus. Um, okay. And, and the two are kind of different. Uh, in the original game, Return of Samus, which, it, like you said, other M pays homage to because the whole laying bombs in the stomach thing is actually a secret of that boss battle. Um, your your the typical route is to you know sh- just shoot shit shoot a shit ton of missiles into the queen's mouth and you know and just keep going. Um, but there is a point in the fight where the the Metroid Queen will lay down and open her mouth and you can pop in there and lay a bunch of bombs. It's a secret. Uh, it, it's a secret way to defeat her, and I think you do that about five times, and the queen is is destroyed. Now, Samus Returns ends up incorporating um, both of these aspects into the boss fight, so you do have to pop quite a bit, uh, quite a few super missiles into the queen's mouth while dodging a bunch of its attacks, which are a lot harder now. And and I do feel like they drew a little bit of inspiration from other M and adding some more of the oh, queen's yeah. abilities. Um, you have to make effective use of the spider ball even uh, to avoid getting sucked into its breath attack uh, or uh, to avoid getting hit by certain attacks. Um, yep. And then there is a point where you have to use, once again, the grapple beam to pull the queen's mouth down in this case, and then you can pop into its mouth and and lay a, a power bomb. And, and you have to do that at least about three times, and then eventually the queen goes down. But this, this um, I just wanted to add this boss fight to the list, not only because it's the most powerful form of a Metroid, um, and we only get to see it in three games of the series, but also yeah. because of the whole fact that that there was a whole secret way of defeating the Queen Metroid in the original game. And I oh, think yeah. that that's really cool. Well, I don't really have too much to say about this one. I am currently working on Samus Returns, and I never played Return of Samus, but I am very excited to get to that point in the game because Samus Returns is beautiful. Like, I am absolutely loving the way it feels on the 3DS. I'm loving the way that the game flows. It kind of makes me want to go back and play Return of Samus, but at the same time, I feel like, you know... It's kind of unnecessary. Yeah, I've got Samus Return, so I don't know if I'm going to go back and play it. But I know I should. I'm a dedicated Metroid fan, and I don't want to take flack from everybody just because, you know... Uh, it doesn't matter. I'll play it at some point in my life, just not today. <laughs> hey, I played it uh, once. I don't know if I'd ever go play it again. Maybe. Yeah. It just kind of feels like Samus Returns is, is just objectively better. But they're completely different games. It's like comparing Metroid 1 versus Metroid Zero Mission. But still, after Zero Mission came out, how many people really go back and play Metroid 1 now? <laughs> it's so antiquated. Not, not 
mini. I mean, Met- uh, Zero Mission is way better. And let's be honest, uh, you get that little end at the end of the game with Chozodia. I was watching a video about the timeline of this game. Yeah. And they didn't even talk about the first Metroid. They just talked about Zero Mission. <laughs> it was pretty great. I mean, because Zero Mission is just a classy little remake. Well, it's the canonical version of the game, and Samus Returns is now the canonical version of the events of Metroid 2 Return of Samus. So in the timeline, those games actually take precedence now. Um, technically speaking, Metroid 1 and 2 are no longer canon if, um, because the other games are now canon over them. That makes me sad. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you gotta you got to do something. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about your number three? Okay, so I will go ahead and be honest. My last, well, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I'll just let you guys experience it because honestly, everybody knows that this is my favorite Metroid title and it will be until, you know, Nintendo releases another showstopper. But my first or my number three is a fight from Metroid Prime. And this is... <laughs> I love this fight, man. It's Thardis. Yeah. I love Thardis so much. Thardis is an experiment uh, by the space pirates to try to take inanimate objects and bring sentience to them. And when the project did not, let me let me try to look up really quick what the name um that's the that's the plus side of me getting a new computer people. I can literally do all of this <laughs> recording. But let me look up the name of the project that um was uh, Thardis, because it was a space pirate project to take inanimate objects and make them sentient creatures to help fight for them. And when it didn't work out, they put Thardis in the quarantine cave. And this was a... um, This was... Okay. So this was um, their way of uh, keeping him uh, charged with Phazon because of the amount of Phazon on Talon 4. But they also kept him in here so that he couldn't, like, get out and cause destruction. And so when you go in there as Samus, he realizes that someone's in there, and he comes to life, and you have to fight him. I love this fight because you get the Spider-Ball for it, and Spider-Ball in Metroid Prime is beautifully executed. I absolutely love it. And, okay, so I've just, I've just pulled it out. Okay, so it says that Thardis is an enormous rock monster charged with phase-on energy that inhabited Talon 4 in the Androdigus, yada, yada. It's called Project Titan. Project That's Titan. That's what it was. It was originally an experiment by the space pirates to use phase-on to create sentient creatures out of inanimate objects, but was found quarantined in a cavern in Metroid, yada, yada, yada. It's really cool. I love this fight because it p- makes good use. It provides good use of the thermal visor. You have to find the weak spot on Thardis way way lay into it and then that opens up the opportunity for you to actually do damage once you finish you know putting enough shots into that weak spot it'll open it up to where it'll turn blue and it's exposed you don't have to use the thermal visor to find it anymore you can lock onto it mm-hmm. and that's it you can do damage that's one really cool thing about thardis is that he uses the phase on in his body to mess with your lock-on system you can't really lock onto him unless you're in the thermal visor and you find that weak spot and it's I love it because the music is absolutely insane. It's the it's one of the first tracks in Metroid that doesn't I don't know if you'll get this as you might, but it's one of the first tracks in Metroid that doesn't use a four four time signature. And I love it okay. because it's complex and you know, it's it's really cool. <laughs> but this you actually fight this creature in um 
or you actually fight this creature in two different games, and it's mentioned in the Metroid Prime comic series as a Chozo. Uh, you get a Chozo artifact for, or Samus gets a Chozo artifact in the comics for beating this creature. You get the Power Bomb in Metroid Prime Pinball, and in Metroid Prime you get the Spider Bomb. What are your feelings about our friend Thardis? Uh, definitely one of the highlights of the game. It's one of the boss battles that you remember, uh, along oh, yeah. with, you know, for instance, like Flagra and, uh, and the Parasite Queen at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Kind of one of those more, um, yeah, c- c- kind of one of the more uh, memorable moments in the game. And it's actually the moment in the game that I'm at in my playthrough right now uh, in hyper mode. I haven't beat Thardis in hyper mode yet. Uh, I'm actually working on it. The last time I picked up Metroid Prime, which wasn't too long ago, I was in, I was uh, when I was preparing for the Metroid Fusion episode. I you know was going back and playing several of the games, and I made it through the Space Pirate Research Facility area, which by the way is one of the best best moments of that game. But oh right, yeah, right after that you face Thardis, uh, and it's hard. Uh, I m- I remember I was constantly running out of missiles because uh, trying to shoot super missiles at his weak point basically yep. depleted me. Now he shoots those rocks at you, which you can use to get pickups, but uh, it's kind of difficult to do. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're very hard to hit, and they kind of home in on you, so you have to constantly be moving. I and think the motherfucker the hard- freezes you. <laughs> yes, he does, but you can tap B to quickly break free. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, the, one of the coolest aspects of that fight is when he kind of gets pissed, and he rolls up into a ball and starts rolling around the arena, and mm-hmm. you have to quickly change into your morph ball and boost ball like a crack addict. It is yeah. insane, and it's really cool. There's also one part you get like halfway through the fight and he gets angry and starts summoning a blizzard, which makes it really, really hard to see unless you're in the thermal visor. But once you break that weak spot in the thermal visor, it overloads the thermal visors where you can't see anything. And so you have to try and guess where he's at inside the snowstorm. And it's just intense. I absolutely love that fight. And it's my number three. So you guys know that I have a lot of love. (laughs) <laughs> for sure. the next two that are coming up. What about you, Ash? You got anything else on Thardis, or what's your number three? Uh, on Thardis? I mean, he's, like I said, one of the more standout bosses of the game. Uh, definitely one of the moments that I remember in Metroid Prime in a very difficult battle, particularly in hyper mode. Yeah. Um, and I and I and I do enjoy the fact that you get the spider ball afterwards because um, that's kind of one of the turning points in the game. That that's really where Metroid Prime starts coming together. I think is is following that that boss fight. Um, my number three is also going to be from Metroid Prime. In fact, it is the titular character, Metroid Prime, um, who is the final boss fight. Now, Metroid Prime has two phases, and and more so, I like the first phase just because I love the idea of having to switch between different beams and being able to finally actually use all of your charge combos. Um, it's one of the moments in the game where. Uh, you just want to lay into it and in utilizing every charge combo, especially the ice spreader, right? Cause it's a Metroid yeah. um, actually comes in handy, but I like that the Metroid prime isn't just, isn't always susceptible to ice. It's one of the few Metroids that like the ones in other Rim, ends up developing sort of an immunity to it, except when it's, when it is in the ice mode. Um, and I like how you have to roll in between its, its legs or, tentacles or whatever the fuck uh you roll in those little (laughs) tunnels underneath it 
I love how cinematic the fight is where Samus keeps running down and, and you go deeper and deeper and deeper. And then finally, the inside, after you fight, you know, uh, destroy the exoskeleton, then you fight the Metroid Prime core. And that's where you actually have to stand in these uh, pools of Phazon and just load Phazon into it. And the, mo the screen actually says hyper mode on it, um, which is a foreshadowing of the events of Metroid Prime 3. And uh, and I believe you have to end up making use of of uh, both the thermal and the X-ray visors in this fight, right? Oh yeah, you have to switch between the two because he uh, changes, I guess, his frequency at which he's resonating at. Right. But every every time you do damage to him, he'll eventually get upset and create this little pool of phase on that Samus has to step in. But before you're able to step in, um, before you're able to step in the pool of phase on, he keeps releasing increasingly hard Metroids. It starts with baby Metroids, then it goes to hunter Metroids, and once you're closing in on the end of the fight, he starts releasing fission Metroids. So get which... ready to use some power bombs. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I always... Okay, every time I play through Metroid Prime now, I always 100% it. Yeah. And I, I just have to. I know where all the energy tanks are. That's not really a flex. I feel like everybody who plays this game knows <laughs> where all this stuff is. But the power bomb, the power bomb expansions are so important in this game. It's ridiculous. You have to make sure that you are well kitted to face those Metroids. Because yes, you can take the time to switch tw between the beams, but during this entire sequence while you're fighting the Metroids, Metroid Prime's not going to let up. He's like, you're in my lair now, honey. Yeah. And so you got you to gotta drop those power bombs, quickly get rid of these Metroids, and just continue on about your day. So it's a good fight. I, I really like it. I, the music is really good. Um, I don't like the music in the first segment, but I like the music in the second segment. I don't like the fight. As far as the fights go, I don't like the second segment, but I love the first segment. It, it uses that title theme, too, at, in the second segment, right? The doo yep. that, that classic Metroid title theme. and Yeah, and I, lo I love the Metroid Prime remix of that theme, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, in, in that fight, you're also wearing the Phazon suit, which is why you're able to stand in pools of Phazon and fire it, by the way. Um, what's interesting is the Phazon suit is actually kind of superior to the PED suit, which comes on later on. And I kind of attribute that as the Phazon suit was a complete accident. It was a fluke and the, and the Federation was not able to replicate it. And that's why oh, Samus yeah. takes damage, um, and has to inject energy tanks with the PED suit. But I also like how Metroid Prime takes the the phase on suit away from you explaining why samus doesn't have that in later games although it doesn't explain why she doesn't have the gravity suit but whatever um and then metroid prime ends up becoming the main antagonist of the entire trilogy because metroid prime is dark samus um and and with the net knowledge that you gain later on in uh in metroid prime 3 you then find out that a leviathan had impacted both talon 4 and ether and so metroid prime was the leviathan guardian not unlike the ones that you face at the end of each planet in prime 3 and that emperor ing was the guardian of the one on dark ether oh yeah dude i i like it but at the same time i kind of wish that they had just made I I like do you like Dark Samus? Like I like Dark Samus. I think it's very interesting. Um again, Samus faces a few different doppelgangers in her uh time in the Metroid series and Dark Samus I think is one of the more compelling ones. Um I mean yeah. she did end up making it into Smash. 
And what's cool about Dark Samus is, like I said, Dark Samus is uh, is Metroid Prime, just with Samus's phase on soon, constantly yep. evolving um, to the point where even its physical appearance changes in between Prime Two and Prime Three. Oh yeah, I I guess I like it, but I kind of wish that um, there's no explanation for how Dark Samus get. Oh, this is something we'll have to talk about more in detail later we got to move on to number point. But Dark Samus dies at the end of Prime 2. There's no way that she escaped Dark Aether and, or Dark Aether. And I just... 100%. I, that always boggles me. Like, why is she in Prime 3? Like, why? I feel like they could have stopped at Prime 2 and just made a completely different um, or at 3D least, At least game. included a... Um... A post-credit scene like they did at the end of Prime, foreshadowing Dark Samus. You know, yeah, I mean, they'd they include even... some kind of post-credits like, "Hell, here, this is Dark Samus is still alive." Yeah, I just, oh man, don't even get me started. Okay, I guess I'm gonna move <laughs> to my number two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so my number two is also from Metroid Prime. Um, it is Meta Ridley. I love Meta Ridley so much because. They, you know from the very beginning of the game that you're going to fight this dude. He is literally in the space pirate frigate, basically watching over you as you're at the beginning of the game. And right before, he's the one that does the damage that causes the explosion mm-hmm. that causes Samus to lose all of her powers. The second time you see him in the game is when you're walking out of a door in the top of the first room of Fendrana Drifts. You just see his shadow cast over this wide shadow just going over and the first time I saw that fear entered my heart because I thought I was about to fight him and you just look up and you see him soaring across the sky and you don't see him again until the very end of the game once you collect all 12 of the Chozo artifacts and you're getting ready to go into the impact crater to fight Metroid Prime he comes in really quick destroys the artifact temple and you have to fight him the music is awesome it is one of the most iconic Ridley themes or Metroid themes in the entire series to me at least and just his barrage of attacks, like he has a laser beam that he fires across. He, he'll fly over and drop little bombs. Um, he will fly around to the point where you can't shoot him, but you can see him in the distance. Which, honestly, that little part is a momentum killer, but it's awesome cinematically because you get to watch yeah. him kind of fly around and kind of pinpoint, okay, how am I going to take this bitch out? This is hard. And Samus is just watching him. And when he comes back, you eventually destroy his wings and he then that's where the fight gets really hard because you basically have to fight him with hand-to-hand combat. But since there is nothing like that in Metroid Prime, you just have to avoid his attacks and continue to barrage him. You have to wait for him to open his mouth to give you a weak point to where he'll like back up and open up his chest. Yes. And this whole time, this music is just going. And the further you or the closer you get to beating him, the less damage you do. I it's I swear it feels like it takes forever to beat Meta Ridley, and it's just intense the whole time. You can die easily, and it's just a really, really good fight that sums up this giant climactic buildup that you know is coming. Yeah. And it's awesome. It was almost my number one, but my number one, I I have a good explanation as to why it's number one, and I'm ready to share it. But Ash, what are your thoughts of Metal Ridley? Just kidding. Better. Uh, okay, first off, props to the very first game to take the Ridley fights in Metroid in the Metroid series and bring it into 3D. 
because they did a phenomenal job. And Ridley fights in Metroid games always are a breath of fresh air because typically there's not as much strategy to them as much as just kind of laying into him and, and wasting all of the super missiles and missiles in your inventory and just going, you know? And he usually takes a while. He's a tank. Um, you just keep keep going and keep going and keep going. I do like that there is a little bit more strategy implemented in his appearances in the Prime series, um, particularly his... Uh, I'll go off on a tangent here because one of my honorable mentions is, is the Meta Ridley fight in Corruption. Um, not the Omega Ridley fight I'm talking about, but the Meta Ridley fight at the beginning of the yeah. game when you're... Because it's just one of the coolest, again, cinematic moments. Uh, Samus is just sort of... Uh, Samus and Ridley are just sort of falling down the shaft and you have to fight, fight him. So there's a timer going, which is basically the altitude meter. <laughs> and so you're just like going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and you're just fighting him and Samus doesn't give a fuck. I mean, these are two rivals just going at it, just locked oh, into yeah. each other to the death. Dead. Yes. And, and, and before that, you know, you've kind of got this sequence where you're in these morph ball tunnels and he's attacking you. And it, it's, it's actually one of the highlights of Metroid prime three, I think. Yeah, um, I, I can agree with you there. I, Okay, this this is a hot take, and I apologize to everybody that I've been here. I despise Metroid Prime 3. I think it is <laughs> I know a game you do. <laughs> that never should have happened. It is a game that takes Met the Metroid Prime formula and completely throws it out the window and shoves linearity in your face. Now, I know that the first two Prime games are also linear. Don't get me wrong. Don't attack me in whatever we have that constitutes as a comment section. But <laughs> I cannot stand this game. However, the opening sequence on Norion, where you're trying to stop the Leviathan Seed from crashing into it, which you do, which is great. Um, Samus is able to activate the planetary defense system right as she passes out from Dark Samus's attack. And that's a really cool opening Damn, sequence. Damn, they've great. disabled the planetary defense system. Damn. They've <laughs> <laughs> Damn, they're after the planetary defense. You know system. what? You know what? He's a fucking Chad, all right. But Dude, I I think that Admiral Dane's going to be the one of the antagonists in uh, Prime Four. Admiral Dane Silence. is way better than Adam Malkovich. Uh, don't at me. No, he, <laughs> he 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 most certainly is. Now, to be fair, um, May really did crap on his character with other in. Yeah, he's a good character. He's he's one of my favorites in Fusion. Like him and Samus are well. To be fair, him and Samus are pretty much confusion. <laughs> but uh, and it's not Adam Malkovich; it's Adam Malkovich's consciousness as an AI. Well, it's still I would still consider it Adam Malkovich. But to piggyback off of what you said, man, that opening Meta Ridley fight is dope, and it's cool because uh, God, what's his name? Rundus. Rundus comes in and saves you at the bottom of the generator yeah. right before you hit the ground, and you've defeated Ridley again. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, he comes back. And that's another honorable mention of Ryan. While I don't like Prime, the Omega Ridley fight is awesome. The opening cutscene, when you drop down in the seed, he flies in, lands in front of Samus, and they are staring, each other, face to, staring at each other face to face. And Samus is just looking at him with the meanest mug I've ever seen, <laughs> walking backwards. He doesn't attack. She goes into morph ball mode, rolls around, comes out of morph ball mode, looks at him, aims her arm cannon at him, and that's when the fight starts. And that is so dope. And the fight is awesome, and then the final boss is... Yeah, whatever. Rundus is actually... I want, I want to bring that up as kind of an honorable mention, too, because that is a fun boss fight. Yeah. Um, and it's the first time where you have to face one of your friends in the game. And, and Rundus was actually kind of one of the most likable out of the trio. 
and uh, you have to fight him. And then the, the music is epic. Um, he's at the, it's like a three phase boss battle. That's cool. Um, I guess I it, will say yeah. all of the phase on uh, all of the phase on corrupted allies of Samus Gandreda, Gore, and Th- uh, I almost said Thardis, Rundus. They're all really cool because she d- they do have sort of a special connection to Samus. They're all working together on this team, even though the first time she meets them is at the beginning of the game. One of the first interactions she has with them is walking into the control room and seeing herself. Yeah. And she's confused. She's like, what? And what? Gandreda starts laughing. Nani? Admiral, Admiral Dick. Nani? Monchiko. All right. So, um, <laughs> but uh, I actually don't know if I said anything. But Admiral Dane's like, Gandreda, enough. Kind of like in a playful voice. And she starts laughing. Uh. And Samus gets to meet them. And then they're all sent on their way. That is one thing Corruption did well is the storytelling with uh, the three corrupted beings and i like how they spread them out one for each area you fight rundus on brio you fight gore on elysia and you fight gandreda in the home world yeah and it's it's a really cool sequence but it's just the things you have to do in that game i think brio alone brio and elysia are both the reasons that i hate that game they're both just slogs of trips they're just it's it's so boring going through them but the home world the pirate home world is dope that's the best part of the game, and that's when the game actually starts getting to be a lot of fun. Um, the oh, Dark Samus fight is actually a good time. You don't like Skytown? No, not really. I love that whole like steampunk aesthetic. It's so cool. I mean, I love the setting and the aesthetic. It's beautiful. It's just the way it's laid out and the things that you have to do. I do think it's cool. You know what? I may have to rethink my overall opinion of corruption, because there are a lot of good parts of the game, like defending... Um, I know that's not what we're talking about, but this is a bonus <laughs> round. So who gives a fuck? So, um, I know, (laughs) plus I just hit the cart, so I'm feeling good. So, um, so So. there's a lot of honorable stuff. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of honorable stuff to talk about in this game. It's just Brio and Elysia going through Skytown. I mean, there's a few cool parts, but overall it's just like, how did the Metroids get where they were when you're going to get seeker missiles? How did those Metroids get there? In Skytown of Elysia, and how are they like infused with Phazon? Chozo? So much so the Chozo did it? Space pirates? <laughs> Ch- Chozo pirates? Chozo space- pirates? Chozo space pirate Zos. Prime. I don't know. Who knows? But- it's always the fucking Chozo, okay? The- God, <laughs> the Chozo are behind man, everything. They are They've been to worse. every planet. They're a part of every <laughs> ecosystem somehow. They visited. The Chozo are behind they really everything. They are, bro. Um, it's awful. My my number two before we before we start just geeking out on Metroid and waste another thirty minutes on a mini review of Prime Three. Um, <laughs> my number two is the nightmare fight from Metroid Fusion, uh, specifically nice. from Metroid Fusion. The other M one is okay; it's pretty good. But I'm here to talk about the fight from Fusion because God, it is such a tight fight. Um, I love how. Uh, Nightmare just kind of comes up out of the ground, and he's freaky as fuck. You've got this scary ass mask on him, and he's kind of phasing in out of reality, and he's and he's fucking warping the gravity around you. So you you know you launch a few missiles at him. That's the first phase out of the way, right? And then your missiles stop working. Um, and the trick to that is actually charge shots or getting in really close and, and hitting him with missiles. But his he'll actually deflect your missiles using his gravity bending powers, and you can't space jump anymore. Um, while he's manipulating gravity. Um, 
And then after you destroy the gravity manipulator underneath him, um, it kind of goes back to, then you just start ramming his face with missiles. And that's actually the hardest fight is that phase three where, um, I mean, I find it easiest to just hang on the ladder and then as he's coming at you to bam, 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 bam. But as soon as he gets really close to you and you dodge him, then he starts warping around the screen kind of almost randomly. Um, and it's very difficult to avoid him. You have to space jump around uh, very intricately. And and him running ramming into you can take a lot of your energy away. But I like how the more that you just you just propel missiles into his face, that mask starts breaking and, and the ooze starts coming out. And, you know, <laughs> and then at the very end, of course, there's a Core X fight like every other boss battle in Fusion. Yeah, I, I, I really like the Nightmare fight. It's definitely the creepiest fight in the entire game. And the buildup for it is really good because you're running through a destroyed Sector 5 while the screen in the game itself is just rumbling. And you see his shadow moving super quickly in the background. It's just, it's intense. The fight is foreshadowed early on in Sector 5, I remember. Oh. You see this creature in the back, and you're like, I'm going to have to fight that later, aren't I? <laughs> you also you also get, like, a tidbit of information about it from Adam, eventually, because he's like, be careful, there's, like, this creature that's in Sector 5 that nobody knows much about right now. And then you start seeing bits and pieces of it, and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to fight this thing. It's definitely, It's definitely one of the better fights in the game. Dude, I wish I that we why. had like a scan system or something in Fusion. Maybe we should implement that because can you imagine getting like some lore about the background of of of, of Nightmare like we did I'm with sure, a lot of the I'm bosses sure in the Nintendo, Prime series? Yeah, I mean we could do that. That would be a really cool idea. Although I'm sure Nintendo has definitely dropped lore about him, so we could probably just take from that. <laughs> I just want to know how the why this thing was created, you know? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah is this like some experiment gone wrong you don't know it's a mystery but it's cool it's such a it's just such a fun not only is it creepy but it's also a fun boss battle um and it's very difficult yes it is it is insanely difficult and i <clears throat> have mad respect for it because of that you have to you have to really take a couple times before you can do it cleanly because he's very big and the room is very small he changes very quickly from ground attacks to the wall attacks while you're hanging on that sideways monkey bar i love the i love that we're calling <laughs> it a monkey bar by the way because that's definitely not a monkey bar but it's it's close <gasps> a sideways monkey bar is a ladder zach that's what that's what it's called i don't want to talk about it <laughs> i don't want to talk about it yeah the nightmare fight's really cool it's very creepy very well done very awesome aesthetic in the room and it's a good fight. You know what you should have said there? This would have been Your a mom. perfect segue. You should have gone, I don't want to talk about it. But I do want to talk about my number one. <laughs> or, or we could do an ad read. Or, But I do want to talk about Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, we. I don't think we're able, we're actually allowed to mention Squarespace or anything like that. Legally. So we might have to cut that out, this unless I'm wrong. There's no profit in here. This is fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're not making any money. Well, we will eventually. Eventually. But we're not making any money on this episode. It's not monetized. Nope. Not yet. It won't happen. Or maybe I'll just while. bleep it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Please do. <laughs> Alrighty. What's your number one? All right. So for my number one... Um, I don't know if this will surprise you because you and I have talked about this fight quite a lot. I love this fight. It's my favorite fight in the entire Metroid series. Serious. Series, hands down. 
I just, every time I get there, even today, I'm 24 years old and I still kind of get nervous when I walk in this room because this, the whole game has led up to this point. And of course it's not the end of the game, but the whole game you've been learning about phase on and you've been researching it. You've been, I know where going this is going. The, this is, you've been going through the phase on minds, which is on our, you can't argue with this. It is the scariest part of the entire game going through the phase on minds because you have no idea what's in store for you. There is so much happening. There's, Oh boy. Once you get there, the first thing you see is the main quarry. Okay. I, I will get to my number one in a second, but I can expand <laughs> on this a little bit. The first thing you see is the main quarry, which has this massive phase-on mining tool, which is a crane that's holding this giant spider ball trap, okay? Obviously, you guys know that I'm talking about Metroid Prime right now. And my fight that is... Dude, my Metroid battle that is sitting at the top of my list is the Omega Pirate. Yes. There is no fight in the series that gets me as excited, pumped up, or just nervous as this guy. Because you have been, at this point, you've been fighting space pirates. You've been fighting elite troopers that take specific beams. The space pirates are ruthless in this game, and I love it. Because you're fighting fighting these elite troopers that take specific beams. Once you get to the phase on mines, um, you start seeing these elite pirates that are these experimental fighting space pirate warriors that are being held in containers for like a stability or something like that. But once Samus shows up, you start reading all this lore, the hunter is here. And so the yeah. space pirates are preparing for you to come because they are you are their mortal enemy because you are the one that has taken their kind out. Just you just kick their ass every single time and they hate you for it. <laughs> once you get to the end of the Metroid quarantine bay, which is arguably very intense and scary because there's a lot of Metroids that you have to deal with, you free you uh use your plasma beam to melt the switch above this plasma door. Make sure you save your game right before this because you're gonna get your ass handed to you if this is this is your first time. I'm just telling you. You walk in this door and you see this giant containment unit with this massive space pirate. And my first reaction, Ash, my jaw dropped. I was like, I'm about to have to fight that thing. Holy crap. And this arena is massive. Yeah. It's this giant it's this giant container room that's got these four pools of phazon around it. And so you have to avoid those. And this giant container, which has this Omega Pirate, once you scan it, it's like source code 3187, uh, creature log update or creature log added to log book, Omega Pirate. Omega Pirate. The elite unit of the Space Pirate Forces. The, the most dangerous adversary to face. Be very cautious. This creature uses phase on to charge its attacks and will come and can go invisible to heal. And so you already know you're gonna have to use your X-ray visor. Once the fight starts, the music <laughs> music kicks in once you get close enough to the container. And Samus is looking up at this creature and she's got she's just standing there looking at it. And once his eyes come alive, she immediately points her arm cannon at him. He gets angry, starts thrashing around, breaks out of the container. And Samus doesn't budge. All of this broken glass is just falling around her. And she's just staring this creature in the face, ready to fight it. And then it immediately goes to first person. They do not, they do not waste time with the cutscene. It immediately goes to first person shooter and or first person view. And you are staring up at this giant creature. And it is slowly walking towards you, holding up this tractor beam, ready for anything you have to fire at it. It is just 
It is one of the most intense fights in the series. You have to attack its arms and legs and destroy them. Once you destroy all four of his limbs, he'll go invisible to heal while summoning a force of, of elite pirates to come after you or like upgraded space pirates, the ones that take specific beams. I just ignore them, but you can kill them if you want. Turn on your x-ray visor and continue strafing and dodging around the room so you're not going to get hit. And then he will you'll hear him appear. It does this little noise yeah. or something. That sounded more like a duck. But um, he'll appear, <laughs> and this is where you just lay into him. This is where you can do damage. His core is exposed. He's vulnerable, but he's invisible to the naked eye. So you have to activate your x-ray visor. You could finish him off pretty quickly Get at this part with super missiles, right? Not super missiles. You need all of the missile beam upgrades that come with it. The number one item to use against this creature is the ice spreader. You find this item underneath uh, one of the bridges in the Magmore Caverns. It's right next to that giant room with the door that leads to the plasma beam, and it has all the cameras and like that central tower station that's in it. And you have to climb it to the first time you go to Pendrana Drifts and use the boost ball. Right. Get the ice spreader from underneath that bridge by blowing it up with a power bomb. And this thing uses 10 missiles and the ice beam to send a giant wall of ice at whatever it hits. And if you hit the Omega Pirate's core with one ice spreader shot, it does 25 damage or 25% damage. Nice. It takes a fourth of his health. You can do that twice in one setting. Once you hit him once, he'll disappear and reappear on the other side of the map. You hit him with another one and then do the whole process over again. That's it. It's done. But the fight is intense. You have to dodge space pirates. You have to break him down before you can do damage to him. It is a long, difficult fight. And at the end of it, the cutscene is incredible. You're looking up, staring at this weakened Omega Pirate. He has nothing left, and he falls, dead on the ground. But Samus doesn't have time to move, and he falls on her, yeah. encasing her in organs and phazon. And she is just cooking in this radioactive phazon to the point where she can't handle it. Because phazon is a, is a harmful substance to you at this point. Yeah. But you are literally surrounded, embodied, caked in it. So much so that her very suit gets just her suit gets infused with it and she comes out shining in a sleek black armor with orange overtones and an orange visor. And in the original GameCube version of the game, she does this wicked pose where she's just struggling. She's just struggling to contain it. And once she does, she finally resets with her arm cannon. But in the trilogy version, she just is standing there kind of triumphantly. Like she just beat it. And then you get yeah. phase on suit and that provides immunity to phase on. And that, you could probably just hear by my rant just then how passionate I am about that fight and how much I love this game because of it. This game takes isolation and truly, truly leaves you alone. You have nobody to talk to, nobody to give you help. You're just searching this planet for answers, trying to find Ridley, because that's the reason you come to the planet in the first place, is Ridley. You're following him because you want to take him out and you literally uncover an entire world of secrets yeah. that the Chozo left behind for you. Samus didn't know this place existed. Samus didn't know that the people that took her in after her parents were killed by Ridley, she didn't know that any of this was here. She just stumbled upon but it. But the Chozo so, foretold that she would come. The Forzo, the Forzo, the, the Chozo <laughs> did foretell that she would come. And it's incredible because she loses her powers because of the explosion. But because of her arrival there and the Chozo being there, She's able to gain her stuff back, and that's another reason why I love Prime so much, because there's an explanation for it. 
Yeah. Sometimes there's no explanation to why why did she show up to planet Zebus in her zero mission with no skills? Why? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I can go I can go back and look in the comments, but I'm done. What do you think about the Omega Pirate? <laughs> I, I really appreciate all of you who have stuck around long enough to listen to that because <laughs> I know I know I just kind of popped off right there. I'm sorry. It's one of the more difficult fights in the game for sure. I remember getting my ass handed to me several times trying to fight it. Um, thankfully, I believe there's a safe station like right by it, so you don't have to go very far. Um, I know that it also fight uh, sends out a bunch of troopers, um, so you have to fight a bunch of space pirates, but you can take them out with power bombs. Not too big of a deal. I, I, I do like that he says, and you can make it out just barely, uh, finish her <laughs> to the troopers. Finish her. It's like, it sound, the first time it's like, harder, harder charge that's what it sounds like. Yeah. But it is. He's saying "finish her." And finish her. I would say that that's the only voice acting in the game. Only, yeah, that's uh, uh like Mortal Kombat style, right? Finish her. Yeah, but he's like, it's struggling, desperate, yeah. and weak. Like he's scared. He's like, this this woman is no joke, bro. I can't take her by myself. You guys gotta let me heal. Like, I need my bros. Come on. It's definitely a very intimidating fight, and and of course, I do love that you get the face on suit afterwards. It is it is the coolest looking power suit. I think it's the coolest uh, alternate color scheme for Samus's uh, power suit by far. Either that or the suit of light, the light suit. Well, that that's why that's why I was careful. I said it's, it's the alternate color scheme, like a, like a <laughs> yeah. palette swap, because that's all these yeah. other. Now, as far as overall suit designs go, the light suit is fucking amazing and the dark suit looks cool as well <laughs> i love that prime 2 dared You're, to actually I make the suit I, look different um and fusion as well i yeah also uh corruption did it with the p that's true her shoulders more become with the hazard shield yeah kind of changes the sh shape of her suit but fusion if you play through prime with the fusion suit it's yeah, I'm, I'm playing my current playthrough in Hyper Mode with the Fusion suit, and I love how um, the suit changes colors depending on... The Fusion suit changes colors based on which one you have. So the Phazon suit actually is the Omega Fusion suit, uh, if you have the Fusion suit on. Um, obviously, the various suit and, and gravity suit match up, but... I, I really want to I wanna play Metroid Prime in Hyper Mode. But hey, we have beat this one up long enough what is your number one my friend i am very eager to hear what this is all right well this should be no surprise for anyone that listened to my top five boss battles um uh bonus round not too long ago uh well actually a while back but um my number one one of my one of the 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 fights uh this boss battle was of course on there as it should be right uh, and that is going to be the quadraxis fight from echoes Ooh, really i love this fight because and, and i said this before it forces you to use basically all of the skills that you'd acquired up to that point in the game. It's another multi-phase boss battle. Um, I like how at the first phase of it, you kind of, you have to boost ball around and lay some bombs and then you got to shoot some super missiles at its joints. Um, that part's fun. The second phase of the battle is, is arguably even cooler because you've got to switch to the echo visor, um, knock out the antennas, super missiles do the job pretty well there too. Um, and then you've got to climb up the legs of the of the body module that are on the ground using the spider ball boost onto it and then launch a few bombs into its sockets it's a really cool fight and you've got to you've got to time it just right so where you launch off of uh the, the the track the spider ball tracks onto its its head module that's floating around <laughs> okay 
I, I like the Quadraxis fight a lot. It's definitely the hardest fight in the entire game, as far as Echoes is concerned. Um, Ing, the Emperor Ing being a close second, because I, I actually like how difficult that fight is. But um, Quadraxis is cool because it's multi-phased, and you don't just have to fight him. You have to fight, like, his head. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really cool because the entire time you're taking damage, because there is no... There's absolutely no way to uh, heal up. There's no safe zones in this fight. So you have to constantly damage him, like damage parts of his legs so that you can get those golden yeah. uh, health things again. It's it's really tough. The entire it's thing a, takes a, place in the Dark World, kind of like the Boost Guardian fight, although fuck that fight. <laughs> I actually enjoy that fight. I don't hate that fight. Everybody hates that fight, but I just don't mind it. It's tough. It's tough. Um, it's I, is that why people hate it because it's so hard. <laughs> I love that Quadraxis is basically just a bigger version of those quad uh, enemies that you fight in the Sanctuary Fortress and in the Inghai. Yeah, he's like their dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like the, he's their dad. He's like the daddy bro. quad. He's like, I got you, boys. <laughs> what did I tell you about facing her alone? And then you get probably the most badass beam in the entire Metroid series, the Annihilator beam, as a result of beating him. Um, yes, it uses both dark and light beam ammo, but at this point you have a lot of them. And you replenish beam ammo by using beam ammo. So Annihilator beam ammo just means you're basically never going to run out. Um, because it's whenever you hit something with it, you get both dark and light ammo back. So... <laughs> All right. Yeah, I I hated the ammo. I I just hate the ammo thing. It doesn't bother me, like Crying I said, because to. it's so easy to get back, and you can charge shot if you're out anyway. Yeah, that is true. But I just, ugh, God, the beam system makes me so mad. But I like the Quadraxis fight a lot. It's really tough, um, and it kind of gives you just a sense of free uh, freedom because now you've done all three. You've done all three of these energy. Uh, I forget what they're called, energy things, but and now you have to you can focus on the end of the game, which is finding the nine sky temple keys. And Quadraxis is a really good conclusion to that kind of three step process. And I, I I think that that was a really well done fight. It's difficult. I love launching off of the spider ball tracks on his legs and catching onto Quadraxis' head so that you can plant a bomb in those little nodes. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's awesome. It's very well done. Energy controllers, that's what they're called. And, um, yeah, no, that's it's a really good fight. It's really well done. The Annihilator Beam is dope, because even if you're not locked onto something, it'll home in on it, so you basically don't have to worry about missing your shot, and you constantly get ammo, so that's, yeah. Quadrax's fight is, is badass. It's very badass. Well, um, that's basically our top five lists. Now that we've covered those, we can take a little break. And come back, and once we come back, we are going to hammer on Metroid Other M and why it's the worst game of all time. I mean, the worst game of the Metroid series. Definitely the so, worst in the Metroid series. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll say one thing before we go to break. I like the way it looks. And a lot of people don't because of the shoulder pads, but I love the sleekness of her torso. That's just because I'm, I'm attracted and that's, to it. That's you the know, one I'm they're very... still using in Smash Ultimate, right? It's pretty yep. much a variation on the, on the Other M suit. It looks good. I like it. Yeah. I just want there to be a gravity suit that expands upon the 3D functions. Actual of suit, gravity so suit, yeah. It adds layers. Okay, we'll talk about that when we come back. Guys, thanks for listening. Go go, go get some water. Go, <laughs> go, go get a snack or something, and we'll come back with our take of Metroid Other
I was a child. Any objections, lady? Always with something to prove. A chip on my shoulder. I felt that if I let my guard down, I would easily be broken. And beyond that, I was scared. So young. Young and naive. Welcome back, everybody, to Collateral Gaming. Uh, this is actually the second time today we're going to record this, because the first time got lost in space somewhere, which is great, because we're going to be talking about one of our least favorite space games of all time after this break, is Metroid Other M. I'm going to do that again. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Welcome back to Collateral Gaming, everybody. Um, we just got done talking about our top five battles in the Metroid series, and Honestly, that's one of my favorite discussions I believe we've ever had. But now, we're coming back to make ourselves sad. Um, we are going to be talking about Metroid Other M. The good and the bad and the extremely ugly. So, um, kick us off, Ash. Your opinions on this game. <laughs> Don't hold back, buddy. Oh, man. Okay. So, when Zach and I were kids, I think we liked this because recently we had a discussion about it. I think when we first started uh, recording together, you know, we were talking about Metroid and you were like, hey, do you like Other M? And I was like, yeah, this game, that game's not nearly as bad as everyone says it is. Like, I, I can see why people don't think it's it's very much like the other Metroid games, but it wasn't a bad game, right? Uh, and then we both played it recently and we were like, yeah, this is hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> It is indeed hot garbage. Once you're, once we got a little older and a little wiser, we we've played some better games since then. Oh, <laughs> some better Metroid some. games, especially. <laughs> oh yeah, Samus Returns is an example of that. But I mean, I did pick a battle from this to be one of my top five battles. But I mean, come on, dude, the Metroid Queen is awesome. Even though that game is terrible, they did a good job with the cinematography. The and Metroid like, Queen battle actually is pretty cool. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, and I'm surprised I didn't really want to talk about it in my top five list because I, I played through it more recently when I beat the game, which, and I beat the game 100%. It's relatively short. Um, I mean, I can't say I didn't enjoy myself at all. There are parts of the game that are fun. Um, it's just, it's just goes by very, very quickly. Um, <laughs> and there are part some concepts of the game that, I like the idea of that just don't work in execution. Um, yeah. I mean, first of all, this game kind of came with a whole gimmick, right? Um, what they wanted to do was ha bring the player. This game, by the way, is, is the second game that was released for the Wii on uh, uh, the second Metroid game that was released on the Wii. Besides, of course, the Metroid Prime trilogy and the new play control uh, Metroid Prime and Metroid Prime 2 on in Japan. <laughs> Yeah, but um, following Metroid Prime Three, the first game developed for the Wii, um, 
instead of using the nunchuck, they wanted to go to a single Wii remote design. So you've got a Wii remote and you're holding it sideways, um, which they liken to an NES controller. And sure enough, the controls feel that way. But did anyone really want Metroid controls to go back to the Nintendo era? Nah, man. Like you said in a previous discussion, a lot like this that has nothing to do with what we're talking about now. <laughs> you, <laughs> you said um, that the Super Nintendo is really the era that people wanted to relive because of Super Metroid and the impact that it had on the community and its fans. I think that trying to give an NES feel with this game while also including a first-person perspective in which Samus can't move just completely destroyed this series' reputation, and that's why it's kind of gone dark for a few years, but we eventually got uh, Federation Force, whatever the hell that chooses to be. I don't even want to talk about that. I don't even want to play it. It's not a Metroid game. It's a spinoff. Yeah, uh, you fight Samus at the very end. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. But, yeah, like you said, this game, not only does it, you know, does it feature the, the Wii remote sideways, but the gimmick of the game is that you point the remote at the screen, um, kind of more similar to what you would see in the Prime Trilogy. And I think they were trying to appease that crowd of gamers, uh, fans yeah. of the franchise as well with this. But um, you would point the Wii remote, but like you said, you stay completely still, and it's the only way to fire missiles in the game. It's actually just makes the game more frustrating. They added kind of the scanning components, but all of the all of the lore that was like the best part of scanning things in Metroid Prime is gone. Uh, the yep. map system in Metroid Prime, which would allow you to see, it was with an entire three D uh, rotatable map with room names, completely gone in favor of a top down map that is honestly just more confusing <laughs> and terrible dude it's so oh my god the locations of like extra or pickups it's just it's annoying yeah they wanted to do a return to form with metroid and i get that and i was happy to see that too but let's do a return to form of super metroid um return to form of a, a fun title Right. And that's not to say that this game doesn't pay its homages to Super Metroid, because it does. The very first opening cutscene is, in fact, the ending of Super Metroid, where, uh, where the baby, the baby, <laughs> the Super Metroid dies uh, and passes on somehow the hyper beam to Samus. And then Samus defeats Mother Brain in this giant form. And, and you know what? It actually looks better than ever here. I'd be down that if this was the canonical version of that scene because it looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, dude, that's that's what... When I first started playing Other M, that opening cutscene made me feel like I was about to play the greatest game of all time. And it was... <laughs> the graphics are great that opening for this game. So, yeah, They are, but it's just not the kind of story element that you'd expect yeah. from an opening cutscene like that. Even though the opening cutscene did have a shitty one-liner. Time to go. That was just... Yeah. Why? why? <laughs> Mother. Um, yeah, so so one of our main complaints, of course, is the story. Like I said, the, the game looks good. Um, it even plays good. The controls are a little wonky. And, and I know, like in a previous episode, I mentioned that the Super Metroid controls to me feel antiquated, and, and the physics do as well. But those are still masterable, right? People can actually get used to those controls. These, not as much, but they're not horrible. Um, mainly, I think, the, the, the biggest problem with this game, honestly, is the story. 
sir. 100%. And the gameplay is just not good enough to to outweigh that. Um, but what, what what are your some some of your problems with the plot? <laughs> uh, for one, I don't like the fact that Adam sacrifices himself for no reason at all. Literally at all. He's a dick the entire game, and then he just kills himself. Basically, <laughs> it's like that's that's exactly what it is. I know that's kind of like a bit of a stab, but I kind of wish that we could have explored Sector Zero, you know, destroyed it ourselves, taken everything out, and then gotten out in a badass fashion, because that is Metroid style. Yes. That is Metroid style, 100%. Samus is just this ruthless galactic hunter, and she's not going to be stopped by anything. In this game, she looks like a toothpick. In this game, she's, she's like a fairy princess that floats away magically using the screw attack that she authorizes herself even though she's relied on him the entire game to authorize items for her it makes no sense okay what if here's an idea just just thought about it what if sector zero was detached as a result of samus uh uh fighting in a boss battle? so samus goes there to kick some ass right Ex experiences some metroid sees some metroid starts fighting this boss it causes enough at defeats the boss it causes enough damage to the station from the inside to detach it so you hear adam saying that same line in your earpiece like hey uh so sector zero is designed to or maybe foreshadows it early on sector zero is designed to detach itself so you need to get out of there and so there's like you said that escape sequence samus runs through and then at the end she sees adam and she's in a pickle and she's almost not able to escape but he sacrifices himself then to save her that would have been cool. But that would have made more sense. It would have made more sense, but it would have also just tackled on to the fact that Samus needs help. She doesn't. Yeah, but at least it would feel less pandering and, and, and misogynistic as him stunning her to save the day for her. So, and I, we mentioned this in our previous discussion, this game obviously panders to a Japanese market. Uh, the Western audience uh, is actually more... Metroid appeals more to the Western audience than it does to its Eastern audience. It's not as popular in Japan. That's why we don't get as many Metroid games. Um, it's actually been hugely popular in the U.S. I mean, a U.S. studio developed the Prime series, Retro Studios, and the results speak for themselves. They did a bang job. Um, but... I think maybe Nintendo wanted to appeal more to its to its home market again. And so there are elements of that in the story of the whole, you know, like respect for your superiors. It just doesn't translate very well in a universe where it, with the context of Japanese culture, it works. But this isn't Japanese culture. This is intergalactic culture, you know? Yeah, 100 percent. And plus... In American culture, that seems extremely misogynistic, but yes. that's because we live on two different sides of the same coin. We do. And this game needed to appeal to an international audience as well, so you have to keep that in mind. Um, and, and the problem is that it just it's just a complete mess. Not only that, but Adam is just a dick. They butchered his character in this game. We were set up for this awesome character uh, that was explored in Metroid Fusion, and I like how Other M tries to fill the gaps with that and tries to do things like an ad added nightmare fight that we didn't really need but it's nightmare it's cool to see again um or beforehand but but the the main problem is is that how it chooses to address those those uh problems that it set up that something that probably would have made better for like a flashback sequence of adam's uh sacrificing his life becomes a core narrative element here and the problem is is that you, adam is not set up as a sympathetic character whatsoever i mean in the first place one of the hugest complaints about this game is the whole authorization system right 
Yes, dude. You can't do that. You have to make it to where Samus finds it. It gives the player the sense of, hey, I discovered something. I explored and I got this. And again, this is one of those concepts that on paper sounded cool to me. And I was kind of hyped up for, oh, okay. It's a neat way of explaining how Samus doesn't have all her abilities at the beginning of the game. Instead of losing them or just no explanation at all, you know, we get, okay, Samus is deauthorized. But some of the items make no sense. Why would Samus disable her various suit, whose only purpose is to defend her, to provide additional protection against enemies and against superheated areas? And why the fuck does Adam sit there and watch her walk halfway through the pyrosphere before he fucking tells her to activate the Varia feature? Why doesn't Samus speak up? Hey, Adam, I'm losing energy. Can you let me enable it or just enable it herself because it's not a fucking weapon. I get not being able to use power bombs or maybe even super missiles, but but a defensive feature? Why? <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, you had uh, an explanation for it. Yeah, I'm not going to go back through that because it sounds <laughs> stupid. It, so it, it sounds stupid in my head. It sounded a lot cooler in my head and a lot more sensical, but I'm just not going to say that. Basically, my whole spiel was going to be about Adam testing Samus, but that's stupid. Because Adam just doesn't care. He's just a dick. He's just a dick. And also, he decides to split up his team, none of which are capable of defeating anything. They literally, Samus is in a, like, fights this boss battle and is the only reason that they make it out alive against this easy boss at the beginning of the game. These guys are completely and woefully unprepared. Um, I mean, I like the whole murder mystery angle of the game with the deleter and all that, except for the fact that it's dropped after the first half of the game. <laughs> it really is, bro. It's so pathetic. It's actually pathetic. I hate it so much. They should have at least stuck with one story element that made sense. You know, it would have been cool to find out and Samus could take them down or at least arrest them. Because that would have been awesome. Because, I mean... For all we know, it could have been Adam, and they set it up to make it look like James. Right? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. is the, the, the leader's identity is never revealed. Through process of elimination, you can figure out it's James Pierce, but it's not even implicit to the narrative. Uh, this game requires you to fill in so many gaps yourself that, you know, to me, a plot hole is something that is not, is not uh, answered implicitly in the narrative, right? Yes. And, and so if you there there is a room there's room for okay, let the audience figure it out, but when there's whole elements of the story that just they're not even alluded to. Like if you wanted to go the PTSD angle with Samus's personality and explain why she's such a weak character in this game, at least focus more on that. Mention it. Uh, and actually yeah. feature a badass redemption moment at some point in the story. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense the way they laid it out. It made it to where it leaves plot hole after plot hole. I mean, what the hell is Little Birdie? It's Ridley. Why? It's a Ridley clone. I, it's it's stupid. <laughs> he looks like a freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger Ridley, dude. He's like, I am here to fight you. It just doesn't make sense. He just pops up, and he looks like a bolt of buffed-up dragon from Shrek. It's terrible. <laughs> I hate his design. The fight is cool, though. I like when he takes her head and slams it against the wall and drags it across. That's that's pretty intense. The cinematics but, of the fight are cool. If not, if I wasn't just pissed off that Samus is freezing up for no fucking reason, okay, she has PTSD. But here's the thing. She's faced Ridley half a dozen times before this at this point in the timeline, right? So why is she freezing up? Is it because of the baby? You know, like, but 
still, it, it's just it's just such a mess. It it completely butchers her character. She doesn't feel like the feminist icon that she's supposed to be. She feels like, like a woman that needs saving by Anthony, by Adam. One hundred percent. It's pathetic the route they went. Like. <laughs> How are you going to build up Samus Aran, the original video game female icon? This predates Laura Croft. This was the surprise female icon, right? Yes, 100%. <laughs> Came out of nowhere, and she was badass, and they made her look like a, a weakling. The way they did it. I wish they would have just, at the very least, allow Samus. What if they gave the, the player like unlock tokens where they could choose what ability they That could be cool. That could have been something they could have done with this game if they were going to leave it up to authorization. <laughs> like at least at least give us something decent to work with. As I said in my top 5 boss list, I love the clean fight. It's really cool, but that's not the end of the game. It should be. Honestly, the end of the game is garbage the way they do it. The Fantoon fight is cool. Soldiers... But the Fantoon fight is cool because they just leave it to her in her suit and you don't see her she doesn't say anything, and that's why it's good. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> See, that's what I guess they need to realize. I'm okay with having voice acting. I'm okay with even diving into more of Samus's character. But I think most of the time she needs to retain that silent badass aura. Um, yeah, whoever wrote the dialogue for her monologues in um, Fusion should have wrote them then. Like yes. that, because that's cool. Yes, that works, you know, and, and Fusion is also a very linear game and a game that, that Other M seems to take a lot of inspiration from. Like I said, they've even copied the, the world structure and the map structure, right, from the Metroid Fusion. Fight. What? And the Nightmare Fight. And, and the Nightmare Fight, but and, and even the linearity, but where fu uh, linearity works in fusion because it builds an atmosphere of fear and tension, um, it doesn't work in Other M because Other M is even more restrictive they lock off entire sectors of the game and this is a metric game you're supposed to go back and backtrack and find things and take your time and and they don't let you do it and they hold your hand every goddamn step they tell you exactly where to go i mean at least fusion once in a while lets you stop and and try to figure shit out with no hints <laughs> i know it's it's honestly if we continue to beat it it's going to be like beating a dead horse yeah, I exactly. Just, I just don't like this game. The navigation <laughs> booths are cool. I like that. Um, Data recording and shield restoration mm -hmm. sequence activated. <laughs> sequence complete. Process, Process successful. successful. Yeah, this... Shut up. Thank you. <laughs> this game has a lot of problems. Um, and, and more than we could probably get into in a 30-minute segment. So we'll we'll hold off on beating more of that dead horse later when we compare it with other Metroid games. Um, it doesn't compare with other Metroid games. <laughs> what are your what are your final thoughts? It's a poo-poo game with cool graphics and nice finishers. There you go. And the abilities all look great. Like the game looks great. Everything about the game is beautiful. The graphics are wonderful. The story sucks and it ruins it. Yeah, the acquisition exactly. of items could be ten times better. I will say it's a decent action game. It's like a standalone game. I I, I say decent. Um, it it has some cool ideas. I like kind of the direction that they went, and I'm glad that they explored a little bit more of that in Samus Returns with the melee counterattacks because the sense moves, um, being able to charge up quickly 
during a sense move, the the finishers and, and the overhead shots, those are cool. Samus fucking jumps on enemies' backs and shoots their brains out. She can dodge quickly and and and, and shoot out. And there's some neat ideas here, um, but the game just feels not like a Metroid game. Um, and, and it just kind of infuriates you that it's using the Metroid name. It really does. It's not worth the title. It's <laughs> yeah. really not. Her suit looks okay. I just wish they would have actually given her a, a different color for the various suit or the... Um, well, the various suit changes color, but the gravity suit doesn't. It's just like a purple aura. It's an outline. It's awful. The suit's cool, though. It's the model that they ended up going even into Smash Ultimate is, as I believe, a variation on the, the other M various suit. A variation on the various suit. If you will, um, <laughs> a variation, a variation. Yeah. But uh, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five star review and feedback on your platform of choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcasts. Check out our YouTube channel. We're uploading video stuff there. We have also got Patreon exclusives. You see. If you subscribe to any one of our tiers on our Patreon, we you will get access to Let's Play video game commentaries, including one that I recently uh, started working on on Metroid Fusion. In fact, I just up uploaded a part two of that episode of that playthrough. Part one is available for free for everyone, but you got to subscribe to listen to the rest as well as uh, the all, all of our other Let's Play video game commentaries. Yeah. Um, we're going to be probably starting live streaming now that Zach's got his PC, right? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, if you haven't checked out Metroid Fusion Parts 1 and 2, I plan to have this all kind of, all kind of out together at the same time. Part 2 should be out. If not when this is out, soon after. Um, it's 420 month, guys. It's April, so you know we're blazing it all month. And we're going to be talking about Minecraft as our 420 special. Oh, yeah. So a perfect yes, game to sir. just, As to I just take a... get high to and just, just explore. <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. As I take a fat rip of the cart, I Hell will say yeah. adieu to my friends who listen to Collateral Gaming. Thank you for listening to us. I appreciate you. Yeah. Also, I mean, I, also we appreciate you guys. What? Also, hit us up on social media. What are some of your favorite moments from Metro, the Metroid series? They don't have to be just battles, like cinematic cuts, cutscenes, cut yeah, items. Like, talk to us. Let us let's, know. Let's, let us know, man. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Ash and I, I think, are both on Twitter. Yes. Um, so I'm at Mr. Gio 96 Good luck spelling Gio. I'm not going to tell you. You can find me at ScruffyC, uh, and I believe on Instagram, at Scruffy.Chancellor, if I'm not mistaken. Or it could be ScruffyC now. Just try them both. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you can hit me up anywhere. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Hit up C Gaming Podcast everywhere. Um, stay tuned. Also, we're going to have a 420-focused bonus round. And later this month, we're going to be collaborating with Collateral Cinema uh, in celebration of the new Mortal Kombat movie uh, coming out this month on, on the 23rd. Uh, we're going to do an At The Movies review on that episode, or on that movie, and uh, just 
you know, spoiler-free impressions, a quick review. Uh, to tie into that, Collateral Gaming is also releasing something on our side in collaboration. We're going to be talking about Mortal Kombat 11 at the end of this month. Uh, I want, plan to have a Mortal Kombat-themed bonus round to kind of coincide with that as well. So we've got a lot of stuff coming up the rest of this month. Starting the following month, we'll, and we'll go back to our numbered structure, but... Um, stay tuned for all the content guys. If you have weed, smoke it. If you got it, you got it. Whether you, whether it's dabs or joints or blunts, <laughs> um, Hey man, if, if, if you even want to do some psychedelics or some shit, um, in moderation, <laughs> I will say, I will say we are not specifically telling you to do psychedelics. That is something that you have to make the choice to do. Be safe. If you choose to do that. Um, it can be dangerous if you are not in the right frame of mind. So just, we love you guys. And thank you so much for listening to us ramble about Samus Aran because we love her so much. Is it Aran or Aaron? I've always pronounced it Aaron, but Aaron, Samus Aran, that sounds better. I think Samus Aran sounds like the country. I think she's, they say Aaron in this game too, with the dialogue. So it's kind of confirmed and it's actually Zebes, not Zebes. Oh, I've always said Zebes. I've always saw it as Zebes, like Thebes or whatever. But or I don't Zebes. Know. Zebes. <laughs> planet Planet Zebes. Alrighty. This is this is this is just derailing. So um <laughs> <laughs> That being said, I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Daffy Duck. Just kidding. I'm Zach Gio. <laughs> we are Collateral Gaming bonus round. We are out. Howdy like a lot. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.